we got to figure out how we work. So I spent the last 50 years figuring out how we work and looking at all the dimensional factors, the intellectual factors, the spiritual factors, the scientific factors, physical to some degree. Um, and it's led me down a rabbit hole that's just been exquisitely wonderful in the discovery process of how reality works. Ultimately, we're just here to love and be loved. Magnificence is the boundless expanse of being, a liberation from limitation. It is the embodiment of authenticity where you shed the shackles of self-doubt, shame, and imposter syndrome. Here, worthiness flourishes like a vibrant garden where you have the power to determine your actions, destinations, and your closest relationships. In the realm of magnificence, creative individuality takes center stage. Your greatness is acknowledged, celebrated, and nurtured. Gone are the days of mindless conformity or fitting in just to keep the peace. This show and your host, Patricia Linder, are here to guide you as you align with your authentic design, leading the way to a life of purpose and fulfillment. Magnificence is not some unreachable peak or distant dream. It's inside you, waiting to shine brighter than you ever thought possible. Welcome to your magnificence. Hello and welcome for another amazing episode of Magnificence, the one and only empowerment podcast that strikes a match and shines the light on the magnificence of my guests. And today I have with me the fantastic Zen Benefil. Hello and welcome to the show. Oh, namaste and in la catch, Patricia. That is so great that you are with me, with us today. And before we talk about your magnificence, your interesting story and everything around and about you that we can touch in this short amount of time, um, I want to do a brief, in a brief introduction to who you are and then please feel free to add whatever I missed out on. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, uh this is going to be a, a, an amazing introduction, I'm sure. I hope so. <laughs> so Zen is an empathetic educator and transformation catalyst who guides individuals and organizations towards profound growth. He's devoted to sharing the wisdom and insights that have illuminated his own personal and professional journey. Zen is also... Um, someone who speaks publicly, he is a podcast host, and he's an Amazon author as well. Welcome again to the show, Zen. I am so delighted that I have you on the show today. Cool. I, I, I'm just thrilled to be here. Yeah. Zen, I could have said so many more things about you because there is an incredible story to who you are. You do so many things. Um, you are an yeah, the screenplay. The screenplay is optional, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, did I miss out on uh, a facet, an aspect that you really want to bring to the table? Not at all. You know, that, that's you did some great broad brushstrokes. Okay. You know, when you drill down into me, I, you know, my personal website, zenbenefield.com. I've got buttons across the top, and each one of them is a rabbit hole in the various areas of my life. I see. I see. So, Zen, um, as I said before I pressed the record button, I don't know the very depth of who you are. We mm. had one... You don't know me. I don't know. <laughs> but I... But I, I, I... One thing you'll... you'll find out is that I pull clips and quotes out of all kinds of stuff and, and this ability to have fun and enjoy the trials and tribulations and whatever transformational process we're going through. Because most of them, you know, we kind of need to label a little differently. I call mine excruciatingly fun. Sounds good. I thought yeah. it is all about, so when I thought about you, when I dove into your human design chart, I thought there are so many layers. One of them is joy and community. Um, and there are so many more layers. So why don't we just have a look at your chart? 
to get well, just to from that aspect in, in my current situation, I'm operations director for a global peace movement. Mm-hmm. It's all about community. It is. It is. And this aspect is a big one in your chart. So you know about your chart and it is my job to maybe surprise you in a way by telling you some things that might add some value to what you already know. You are a generator. You are here to become masterful at what you do. There's a lot of power in your chart. That is just the surface level to introduce the chart to you and the audience. Well, and I love the last reference there, the 5-1 heretical investigator. I love that. That's so, me. That's you. That's definitely you. And thank you just for pointing me to that. I didn't intend to talk about that, but you... Well, that's okay. Well, let's go down the path you wanted to take. I am someone who is very open to whatever route we take. And I think that's an interesting aspect because you are this um, person that is really amazing with other people. And that's in the heretical investigator. The fifth line is your leading line, and that means you are this great visionary at the same time. And just prove me wrong if that's not correct. You are someone who is out there as this mirror for people. People seeing you, whatever they want to see, that could sometimes be... um sort of difficult when they interpret. Oh, absolutely. You know, people will see themselves in me. Yeah. You know, as I, when you open the show, I, you know, the namaste and in La Ketch, namaste comes from the Sanskrit. It means I, uh, the divine in me recognizes the divine in you. In La Ketch actually is a Mayan phrase and it means I am another you. These are two ancient phrases for greetings. Well, if we're all in this seems to be even more present today where people are discovering themselves and others, right? We're mirrors of each other. And if there's something that's uncomfortable, we need to look at ourselves first before projecting at others, which relates to what you're talking about and how people see me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this heretical part needs a lot of self-confidence because there could be a lot of projections because of people being triggered by you and just um, informing you. I have the fifth line as my guiding well. <laughs> I'm re- I reminded of this um, young man. And of course, we were both young men at the time, but back when I was working in the aerospace industry in my uh, late 20s, I was responsible for $7 million a month in commercial spare parts. Mm-hmm. And I was moving to another desk. The military spares desk had been, um, the company had lost a million dollar a month progress payment from the Department of Defense because of late shipments. So they put me in charge of fixing that. Well, meanwhile, I had to train another guy on my desk. And uh, it was funny. He was born again Christian and told me, unceremoniously that I was all whitewashed on the outside and full of Satan on the inside. Wow. Just an example. Wow. So, um, but you seem to be able to deal with that, right? I knew what Satan really meant. I knew where the word came from, which he wasn't going to understand. Satan comes to the Greek word, Satan, T-H-E-T-A-N, means thinker. Yes, I am a thinker. Okay, so what I thought about is everything is highly personal, but nothing is personal. I don't know if you agree to that. It is always personal, but never take it personal. It's always what do you make of it. You know, nothing's good or bad. It's how we think it's so. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree to that. And the one in your profile is the investigator the one that is into details, that sees the connections, that wants to know everything. And um, I need to share this because people don't know before we hopped on and um, started to record this show, you just um, introduced me to some amazing um, literature that 
showed me that you know so much. You have this deep wisdom of so many places where people can go. You read a lot. You wrote your own literature. And I think that is the investigator in you that wants to know things, that just figures out things. And you want that also so for yourself, but there is the community aspect inside of Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it started. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. To serve, to serve your community, to tell people, I know something about that. You can yeah. take that. I can offer it to you. It it started in a 18 year old as an 18 year old in the rite of passage. I had prayed to know what truth was and was willing to die for it. Didn't realize the impact of what that would cause. A few days later, um, it was 11 11, 1975. Great date, right? I had a voice that I'd been familiar with since a kid. I was orphaned and adopted and, and developed this inner voice communication young. And it questioned me as to whether I was willing to die for what I believed in or not. I mean, here's a reflection based on my the prayer that I had offered. And after I, I thought about Christ consciousness, it felt a little empty, didn't go there to try to figure out why. I moved on to cosmic consciousness. That felt full. And so I said yes, immediately. And before I knew it, I'm get a tug at my solar plexus. I end up in the white light, and I go beyond it, and I'm surrounded by, a point, or by points of light. I'm told that they're who I'm to work with in order to facilitate a new world order and it would happen in my lifetime. So in that new world order for me, and what I felt in that moment was harmony among people and planet. I, well, in order to do that, we got to figure out how we work. So I spent the last 50 years figuring out how we work and looking at all the dimensional factors, the intellectual factors, the spiritual factors, the scientific factors, physical to some degree, um, and it's led me down a rabbit hole that's just been exquisitely wonderful in the discovery process of how reality works and building community or at least helping to facilitate community because it, that's that was the operational word, right, was to facilitate. That is how we can grow together is because each of us are our own leaders and we facilitate our own lives in the ways that we choose. Now, how do we choose to be better than we were a moment ago, and how do we come, become more observant of those activities that are unconscious and not congruent with who we really are and what we believe internally? And you know, ultimately, we're just here to love and be loved. Well, why not start from there and figure out what that's about? And so all of these different books and you know, things I, I dove into to try to understand what my experience was, because I figured if I had this, it had to happen someplace else, because this wasn't an anomaly, at least I didn't think it was. And I found out that one of the oldest references was in the Vedas of, you know, where divine threads in uh, unity, uh, all incarnate, right, from the unit of consciousness, which is the collective, and we have the capacity for becoming God conscious. Well, it, in that light and beyond, in that experience of cosmic consciousness for myself, you know everything, right? Or you think you do, that there's this sense of it. And yet, that knowledge is specific to each one of us. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you what you need. That's for you to find out. You can't tell me what I need. That's for me to find out. Right. And yet, we are constantly, right? We we're talking to people, we hear things, and it's like, oh, yeah, I can help with that. Yeah. And so we offer stuff. And, and oftentimes, for me anyway, in my younger years, I was way too quick to offer, mm -hmm. right? Because I could click and, and I knew. And yet, it would often come off as a little arrogant because I wouldn't take the time to fully listen to the person tell their story and I would want to interrupt them and get to the end and help them take the next step, right? That's not appropriate. You know what? That is just, that is magnificent, this moment, because we are so far apart 
and you don't know what is on my um, just piece of paper that I have in front of me. Oh, so and I just synchronistically tied into Could you oh. see it? Could you see it? So I just this wrote is part of that connection we had, right? Where we're in flow and we're there with purpose of connecting. Magic happens. It is magical because I never ever, and this is run about the so over. I have over twenty three um, episodes so far, and uh -huh. I never ever talked about the Chiron aspect of someone's chart. And it's not on the chart. That's why I don't share the screen. And I just thought I had this intuitive hit that I might want to talk about this wounded part that can be healed. And it's about deep listening. It's mm. about not being able to deeply listen, but having the capacity to listen, to truly listen. And then when you do this, then you need to set the boundaries to not um very true yeah to not be the listener for everyone and everything and everyone comes to you and you just need to listen so it is this game of hey i listen i listen to you i deeply listen and you said i had some issues with that and then now you are an amazing listener now the boundary is to just not listen to everyone all the time, but also think about yourself and keep... It's yourself. enough just to listen to myself and the party in my head all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the party. And, and that's where the distinction comes in, right? There, there's basically, I love the Trinity and, and how it's representative in many aspects of our life. So we've got the participant, the observer, and the observed. Yeah. So we have three different possibilities of where to see things from and interact from those places. And the more we can move ourselves to the observed, then that separative notion disappears, mm -hmm. right? Because there's this inner connection that we all have. We're all energy. Yeah. Right, doesn't matter where we are. Thought has no limitations, and it travels at eight hundred and forty-one trillion miles per second. Wow. That came out of another book called the Urantia Book, the only reference that I've ever found for the speed of thought. Wisdom keeper, wisdom keeper. That's uh, what I think about you. How I just feel in your presence. I don't know anything. I know that we don't know anything. There is always more. Not by, was it, what, what was it Schultz used to say? I know nothing, right? And yet, we have everything available, and it's asking the right questions, learning how to shut up and not try to answer them with what you think you know, and let life offer the answer. It will. Guaranteed. It may take a day, it may take a week, it may take a year for some you know, some things for me. I had a, I've had a 28-year dream come true in my interviews with Dr. Jeffrey Mishlev for New Thinking Aloud. I started a, a show in 1990, and I hoped, I wanted him to emulate him and Bill Moyers. And I hoped someday I'd, to be worthy of an interview with one of them, 28 years later. Totally out of the blue. I've got a website up uh, called Ufology Press. Uh -huh. Jeff done an interview with a guy on the Grays. He reached out to me through a voicemail service on that website. Only one I'd ever had in seven years. And asked me to you know look at the interview, share with my audience. And I did. Wrote an article, sent it back to him with a link and a PDF copy of my big book, which is called Stubbing My Toe on Purpose, subtitled, a seminal view of consciousness, cosmology, and the congruence of science and spirituality. Now, that's not a mouthful. And three days later, I get an email back, hey, would you like to come talk about it? Wow. And that is life responding or life presenting the opportunity. Almost 30 years, and it still responded. Yeah. And that is so in sync with your human design. You are here to be this person that 
just trusts that there is always momentum around the corner and that life brings exactly the opportunity that you need um, in every single moment. Mm -hmm. I have well, there's two ways of approaching it, right? And I had, I had a conversation with Susan Brown, the creator of um, Soul Compass, right? Yes. <laughs> right. So we were talking and she had, I mentioned something about, you know, years ago, somebody asked me what my superpower was and, and I didn't know what time it was. And I'd blurted it out, vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability has an essence of doubt, which is also in my chart, right? I'm always questioning myself. Yeah. And yet the opposite of that is trust. Because vulnerability has a little bit of doubt. Trust has none and perfect love, right? There's so there's doubt, which fear, right? And yet we're told perfect love has no fear. So if we're in that place of total love of ourselves first, that's self-love, which you know, for decades it was like, oh no, you can't do that. You're full of yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, all the ego crap. That's not it at all. As you said earlier, you got to love yourself and set the boundaries for you first. Very important. Very important. Very and important. Take a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is hard for lots of people because that's, there is conditioning and people are told that never, ever take yourself um that important but i think yeah, don't take yourself key. seriously you know we're all silly humans yeah and, and just learn to laugh at yourself well i like that and now that you you mentioned um the fear of not being good enough or inadequacy we call that the imposter syndrome right we could we could figure that out that is just a uh, grade 48 Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to really talk about, and I think that is so um, synchronistic. Whatever you bring up is what is next on my handout piece of paper. So I wanted to talk about 48. I offer some just a response to that for just a moment. When you're in a place of pure listening and willingness to be in the moment, everything gets connected. Yeah, and it seems as though it is seamless, which it is, because no. I'm you, you or me, we're all together, cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> yeah. So I did not think about mentioning that there is this fear of inadequacy of being an imposter, but that is the fear of gate forty-eight. All in itself, this channel. And I wanted to mention it because my big headline, my big topic when thinking of you before we opt on the call um, was it's all about the collective. It's all about community. And I wanted to filter out what is this all about when it comes to Zen and the collective. Well, and I can answer that, you know, the picture behind me. There's a Woods Canyon Lake in northern Arizona, and in 1989, uh, this may sound kind of bizarre to some of your listeners, and maybe not, Jesus appeared to me after an, ep an event. I was there with a spiritual, uh, a group of spiritual seekers, and the facilitator just asked us to act as if Jesus was in our presence and talk to him. Yeah. So... He's on a stump. The rest of them are on the log from the stump. There's about a dozen of us all together. I'm sitting with my back to the lake, pretty much like I am now. And uh, I'm watching everybody else, and they can't. They, uh, I, I don't know why. They could not talk to him like he was there. And finally, I pop up. I say, yo, dude, <laughs> glad to have you here. Let's party, right? Well, that didn't go over too well either. However, immediately after that, the facilitator said, okay, I want to take you on a guided meditation. I want you to close your eyes, take a couple of deep breaths, and we'll get started. So I closed my eyes, and I take a deep breath, and a light pops on above me. Eyes closed. I look up. Guess who? 
There's a ray of light coming from his forehead and his chest, and it connects about 18 inches above me and bathes me in this effervescent, iridescent, high-pitched sensation. And he says, I would like to speak through you. Well, then I became a bawling baby, right? Because I just didn't feel worthy. And when I finally got out of my own way and took another deep breath, opened my mouth up, first words out were, know that I'm with you always. Second sentence was, this one's fear is great. And I don't know if you're familiar with the phrase, what you talking about, Willis? Well, I had one of those moments and that separated us. I kept talking to the group. He took me aside and the first thing that he said to me privately was, your fears are the same as mine were. Now, what do you do with that? Now, what are my fears? My fears are that I don't fulfill the mission I was given at 18 in facilitating this new world order of harmony among people and planet. That's a huge thing to lay on an 18-year-old's shoulders. Definitely. And it could have went into some really dysfunctional patterns and ways of life and things like that. Unfortunately for me, it didn't. I had some good upbringing from my parents. Dad was a 32nd degree Mason. I'd been a, the, I was the master counselor of our local Malay chapter at 15. So I had really solid value systems in place that I could operate from. Which probably was very important, um, having Absolutely. mission to fulfill. And I think you are on a great mission. And uh, therefore, I want to go back to the chart and talk about this channel, this collective circuit. And channel 4816 um, is called the channel of the wavelength. Um, that's a design of talent. And please know... Oh, I thought we were going to get into quantum physics and talk about waves and particles. Wavelength. <laughs> So it's so it is. It sounds so beautiful, but it does. what it is all about. So it is connected. That it connects the spleen with the throat. So the talent is something that has to do with intuition. And there's a lot about you that um, I could say about intuition, but this talent needs to be earned through constant repetition and gradual improvement. So that you can share it with the collective to curiosity and willingness to be wrong and twist your truth. Excuse me. I said curiosity, willingness to be wrong, and to test your truth. What I would love to know, and this is what I wanted to ask you earlier on, if this is part of your mission to share with the collective how to do something through constant repetition and improve yourself and be willing to fail and just retry. Mm -hmm. When you talk about hearing a voice or when you talk about light or whatever you mentioned, maybe, and I, I bet there are some people who hear us talk, can everybody hear those voices can absolutely absolutely that as i said before we are all divine threads of the unity of consciousness capable of having god consciousness right but so we're, that about means the we're capable of knowing self and in order to know self that opens you up to the outer world right because the we live half inside half outside the outside is a reflection of what's going on inside whether we recognize it or not whether we are creating our reality unconsciously or creating it consciously. And this is part of what I've learned over the years is how to reduce those 75,000 thoughts a day that we have by learning how to be quiet and choosing the thoughts. Then this is unbelievable. That's really... so. Um, I need to say that while recording this episode, that's unbelievable because that is like really one thing that you mentioned is exactly like as if you were reading my mind. Uh, oh no, not again. It is the way, but I'm just saying it's all about. So my plot of this whole conversation is I wanted to ask you if you're familiar with 
states of really being stressed out, not being able to focus, not being able to concentrate. Maybe you are restless or you feel stuck. Maybe I've had both. anxiety attacks that have caused me to go into a fetal position and cry. Because I, things just didn't make sense in how they were happening and the way people were behaving. It, it, as you mentioned earlier, people seeing me, you know, in yeah. different ways. And, and man, sometimes I, I've become such a threat to others unknowingly. Mm -hmm. And I get this reflection back. I was like, where did that come from? Well, it came from the depth of me still questioning me and wanting to be beat up because I didn't feel worthy. Yeah. Once I got the place was, I'm worthy. Now, this happened in 2016, believe it or not. I finally got so irritated with the powers that be because I didn't have a partner to share my life with yeah. that could operate at the level I do. Well, guess what? She came. <laughs> so and I must have been ready. She's still there. At my twin right. flame at her Kundalini Yoga teacher yeah. training graduation. So that gives you just one indication of the kind of, of being she was. Becoming a Kundalini Yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. Now she's from Leningrad, which is now St. Petersburg. She defected to the U.S. in 1989 when it was still the USSR. Yeah. As a piano pedagogue. So that also, knowing the history, the composers, the times, as well as the music, let alone being able to teach it, mm. right, and train people how to play the piano. She's just phenomenal. So all of this range of vibration and music that we both enjoy, I'm a progressive jazz or rock blues drummer, mm -hmm. right? So we, we both like percussion instruments. Yeah. <laughs> she plays them with 10 fingers. I play them with four appendages. Um, so there's that connection, right? And being able to step into that was just my life totally changed. And with her help, I've been able to get to the place where I'm at right now and being able to talk to you. Yeah. So that hasn't always been the case. And this is what I wanted to ask you. And this is where your chart again comes into play because I'm talking about channel 952 and there is more to that so 952 is the channel of concentration channel of concentration it's a design of determination and it seems as if this slightly developed over the course of time so that you can use your powers of concentration in the service of improving something that will make a difference in the world And when we divide it up into just the nine, the nine, the ninth gate is the ability for prolonged focus and detail work. But without the 52, oftentimes there are those issues of not being able to sit still. The 52, on the other hand, is all about stillness. It's the Buddha gate. It's mm. mountain, just when you think of the mountain, it is from stress to stillness in a very practical way. And nine needs 52 and 52 needs nine because the one without the other. So either you can sit still, but you don't know what to focus on, or you want to focus on something, but you can't sit still. And this is one of the biggest topics that you are, just according to human design and the Gene Keys, you are here to guide community from stress to stillness so that they, in a very practical way, can... That would explain why I got a, you know, a couple of master's degrees in business, an MBA in project oh, management sure. and an MA in organizational management. Uh, these were things that I felt I needed to do to gain the credibility of already what I knew internally and was able to do, you know, when I was in the aerospace industry, for instance, um, but, and this is in my late 20s again, I knew how to facilitate people, places, and things to work together better. And because of that, 
I was at the top of our production charts, right? It was 35 person department. I was the youngest person in there. And a couple of supervisors came to me one day to ask me what I was doing. Of course, I thought I was in trouble, right? When you have a couple of supervisors show up, that's your first thought. And he said, no, no. They want to know what I was doing. And I said, well, it's just how I treat people. And it's interpersonal skills. I, I treat people how I would like to be treated. And because of that, I could go anywhere in that plant and get anything done in record time. I took a piece of paper that normally took three weeks to get through the system. I walked it through in six hours. Okay. And so all of these kinds of things, I didn't know I couldn't do it. That's how it happened. I just did what I thought was best to do. And the results spoke for themselves. Well, that's all we can do. And those incremental steps at being your better self may take time because you have to adjust and realize, oh, that wasn't, you know, you try something, oh, that didn't work too well. Not a failure. Learning you curve. You just learned that there was something that you were missing still. Yeah. Makes sense. Right? And we have a tendency to see ourselves as failures or flops or, you know, uh, all that ridiculous stuff of the self, uh, of the imposter. Right, where we're not enough. We are enough. We just have to realize that we are. Right. And most of the time, we accept what others are telling us because of their own iniquities. Yeah. So, with your experience and with your knowingness and the wisdom, what would you recommend to someone who either feels stuck and can't? develop in the direction he or she wants to, or they feel restless, agitated. I would say go to be the dream.com and schedule a chat. Okay. Right. What, what is this chat about so that people have a... This chat would just be an open conversation with no obligation whatsoever that we can talk about what's going on. I'll ask you questions. You can ask me questions. We'll have a great conversation. You will get insights that you never dreamed possible in that short amount of time. And from there, you can do what you want. You can hire me to progress or you can progress on your own. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of tools on the website to do that. Yeah. Sounds, sounds amazing. Sounds like a great invitation. Trust me, it is. And other than that, is there something that is on your mind just drawing from your experience or your wisdom um, something that you can give to the audience right now. What is this hidden gem, something that you want to share that people might need to hear right now? We are in the process of redefining ourselves and how we operate collectively on the planet. COVID gave us the opportunity to obsess on self-hygiene and sequestrate until we were able to talk to ourselves and figure out who we are, what we believe in, what we want to do, what we're missing, and how we can improve our lives individually and collectively. We realized that the way we've been behaving, not that good. Well, what is available? What appears to be available is the natural order that's emerging from within us now. Just like our ability and, and how we've been communicating in, in this discussion and, and the connection, the seeming psychic connection that there's been of it, we all have that connection to our perfected form, fit, and function in the world, and it's in our design. It's in our genes, and it's in our soul frequency. Those two combine give you the impetus and the ability to question what your next steps are, right? And you may be, uh, here's, let me back up just a little bit. Mm -hmm. We're in the time of the fulfillment of prophecy. From Egypt calendars up to the present moment, there's been this progression of the evolution of humanity. We've gone through all the Humanity is like an individual from the process of child development up through the adolescence and teenage years and then moving into the adult life, the maturation cycle, 
we're probably in our adolescence still because we're all competitive. There's uh, alpha males and females on top of pyramids, silos that are in competition with each other. And they're after profit, not necessarily being concerned about people and planet. That's the old way of doing things. Now, there's been this upheaval, if you will, of people saying, hey, wait a minute, something is better. There's got to be something better to do and others that we can do it with, right? And that's what happened after COVID, that there's all these virtual groups that began appearing online and people seeking each other. What you seek is seeking you as well. Who you seek is also seeking you because you've got harmonics and frequencies and things that are destined to work together when you can get out of the way, right? The curiosity, the willingness to let go of your predisposed beliefs mm -hmm. and just be in that moment with curiosity of how you can serve it to the best for you and to the best for others. You know, a lot of people talk about the law of one and they see it as bipolar, service to self, service to others. Well, that's the bipolarism of humanity. You got to look at, okay, what brings those two together? Service to self is ultimately service to others. I love it. And I just had this light bulb moment, this epiphany, I want to say, because you talked about COVID. I didn't expect that. And when listening to you at a very deep level, I just thought that was the really positive effect of all that happened. Because just I can just talk for m myself as an individual. I wanted to really do something very different, not work online, not create magnificence as my brand, but just think about this exactly in alignment with what you said. My strong belief is that there is magnificence in everyone, in you, in me, in everyone, and that this magnificence needs to be brought forth in the service of others. That is the big mission without competition, without hierarchy, because everyone is magnificent. There is value in everyone. Absolutely. And, and how I'm doing that personally, my leadership role with Live and Let Live. Yeah. I just, um, I've been working on planetary citizens. I've just got nonprofit status for it. So I'm going to be building it out a little differently. It's more about world service than, uh, than calibrating the law, which is what Live and Let Live is about. And then my podcast, One World and a New World, that started it all. Yeah. Luba came to me one day, my wife came to me and she says, you know, you really need to start talking to people again. You're brilliant. You got stuff to say. People love you. I give you permission. Yeah. And so 30-year hiatus from my original show, which was called One World, I started producing One World and a New World. What it is about is me having conversations with others about their inner development and how they made it practical in their outer lives. So when we have those kinds of conversations, other people that have been projected upon as being crazy for wanting to talk about their inner experience or their psychic abilities or anything to that sort, it gives them pause to be able to reflect and listen and go, oh, wow, I'm not so crazy. There are others like me. And I have such a smattering of professionals in all kinds of different industries. And I, I'm so blessed to be to have the intelligence and ability to be able to talk to them at their levels and unpack their experiences and share their insights and their wisdom. That way, this is a collective activity of sharing with each other so that we can all grow and we're still. I mean, look at what's happening in the States right now with the, the upcoming presidential election. Oh, my God. I mean, can we not see the stupidity in all of this and work to change it? It's not going to change on its own. Mm. You have to get involved. Well, how do you do that? Well, you 
for me, right? I didn't invite you to join live and let live.org, right? Our goal, long-term goal is to calibrate the law to remove all aggression. Well, what might that do? It gives us the ability to live in freedom and peace. Mm. Freedom at, at definitely, maybe not peace quite yet. However, the second principle, the, the calibrating the law is our first principle, don't aggress. Our other principle is be an excellent human. That gives us the opportunity to unpack what that really means and how we can encourage and invite and explore that opportunity to grow together. Because the people that are going to be involved with politics and the law are minuscule in comparison because nobody wants to do that. It has to take, you know, it takes a very dedicated, stalwart, uh, bulletproof person, literally, <laughs> to step up and engage that. And yet it needs to be done. So that's how, you know, we build the momentum to, to do that. Planetary citizens on the other side. I showcase the, the current website, planetarycitizens.net, I showcase a lot of organizations and activities that are already going on that are making the world a better place, or at least have the intention to. So it gives people an opportunity to look at, oh, they're doing that. I, You know, you want to look for something? Go there, see if you can find an organization or an activity or something to get involved with. Not all of them are there that, you know... <laughs> That would take forever. However, there's enough there that if you start going down that path, you'll be led to the organization or activity that fits you because you're intending to do that. You're curious enough to go there. It just takes the discipline to take the step by step by step and not stop. Right. And in retrospective, you see how everything makes sense. That is what I just get from our conversation. Um, it is so the conversation itself is magnificence in action and your story, my story and everyone's story out there. It's just just like interwoven and following right. something higher than we are. I, right. I, and I here's like the example of that, right? We found each other through what? You reached out, and I was like, "Were we all? Oh. Were we both part of the octopus movement?" Yes, we are. Aha! Oh. Why did I reach out to you to begin with? Because you remember the octopus movement. Great, great. Now, yeah. what the octopus movement is about, in case your audience doesn't know, it's about a gathering of nonlinear thinkers and yeah. figuring out, okay, what can we do together? You know, we're all off the wall. How do we get on the floor? And there are so many aspects that need to change and the octopus movement, in case you haven't heard about it, or check it out and become part of it if it resonates with you. And I think if magnificence resonates with you, then the octopus movement does. Absolutely. Perry, Perry was one of my guests, the founder, Perry Knopper. Yeah. He was one of my guests on One World in a New World over, oh gosh, uh, a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nice. So I didn't realize that. So we have, so, and this is like really connected. I keep track. You are amazing. You are amazing. Uh, sometimes, you know, and, and it, it's funny how sometimes I don't know squat, right? Because I don't need to. I am just oblivious and, and not that I don't care. It's just, it's not important. When things are important, they pop in. If they're not there, then maybe they're not important. And that yeah. might be an opportunity for your guests as well, or your, audience as well to think about okay yeah. is the thought that i'm having important right. is it kind is it truthful is it honest is it loving mm. if it isn't those things then maybe a better thought would be appropriate better right because you can choose your thoughts That's sometimes it's the only thing you can choose yes but sometimes it's so just an honest word here sometimes it is not so easy to choose the other thought because the first one is that strong. I don't it's know. It's a habit. It's a habit, yeah. So, and here we are again with share with the collective how to improve something like this habit of negative thoughts, bad thinking, 
change it. Pick, pick Here, a here's an image for you. That I like to use this. I don't know if it's true or not, but it, it sounded good when it came out of my mouth one day. A habit is just a yabbit without a leg to stand on. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. And um, you said whatever comes your mind. So I, I, I never have an agenda. I have a couple of notes and I feel like to wrap this amazing episode up, um, I want to share something that I jotted down. And I don't even know why I wrote it down, but it's all about you. And it's all about when you and we all are more selfless, but at the same time loving ourselves, the more power this has and we have. I just jotted that down. That's the God conscious, loving and being loved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it. Isn't that an amazing way to wrap that up and to, to really share this simple mes message, love yourself and love others and um, everything will turn out the way it should. Yep. Yeah. Just ride the waves and enjoy it. Yeah. Fantastic. Zen, it was such a pleasure and it was such a joy. And it was such a deep dive with you, having you on this show, having you with all your magnificence and with your interesting way of telling stories. That is another amazing gift you have in your chart. So we we should should meet for another episode recording because there are so many aspects to touch upon. Um, I loved listening to you. I thank you so much that you were my guest today. Um, yeah. Is there anything you would love to add? This is just, uh, thank you. I'm so grateful for you, for the opportunity, for me and being able to be in this place that I am now. I, I you know, the gratitude, the sense of awe and gratitude that I have in every moment today is took a long time to get there. And yet every step has been worth it. And I encourage anyone to take those steps, no matter how excruciating they may be in, in the beginning. There are people to help you start. You'll find the universe will support you in all kinds of ways you never dreamed possible. I love that. I just don't want to add anything because that is so powerful. I thank you so much. I thank you for watching this episode, listening to the podcast episode, and I hope that you will be with me for another episode of Magnificence, the one and only empowerment podcast that strikes a match and shines the light on the magnificence of my guests and, of course, on your own magnificence. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this empowering episode. To continue this journey of aligning with your true purpose and uncovering your magnificence, schedule an illumination call with Patricia at patricialindner.com. Please share this episode with someone who needs it and subscribe to the show on YouTube and your favorite podcasting platform. Join us again soon for another episode of Magnificence.